Chapter eighty of the Count of Monte Cristo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter eighty. The Accusation. Monsieur d'Avrigny soon restored the magistrate to consciousness who had looked like a second corpse in the chamber of death oh death is in my house cried villefort say rather crime replied the doctor monsieur d'abrigny cried villefort i cannot tell you all i feel at this moment terror grief madness yes said monsieur d'abrigny with an imposing calmness but i think it is now time to act i think it is time to stop this torrent of mortality i can no longer bear to be in possession of these secrets without the hope of seeing the victims and society generally revenged villefort cast a gloomy look around him in my house murmured he in my house come magistrate said monsieur d'abrigny show yourself a man as an interpreter of the law do honor to your profession by sacrificing your selfish interests to it you make me shudder doctor do you talk of a sacrifice i do do you then suspect anyone i suspect no one death raps at your door it enters it goes not blindfolded but circumspectly from room to room well i follow its course i track its passage i adopt the wisdom of the ancients and feel my way for my friendship for your family and my respect for you are as a twofold bandage over my eyes well oh speak speak doctor i shall have courage well sir you have in your establishment or in your family perhaps one of the frightful monstrosities of which each century produces only one locusta and agrippina living at the same time were an exception and proved the determination of providence to affect the entire ruin of the roman empire sullied by so many crimes brunehilde and fredegonde were the results of the painful struggle of civilization in its infancy when man was learning to control the mind were it even by an emissary from the realms of darkness all these women had been or were beautiful the same flower of innocence had flourished or was still flourishing on their brow that is seen on the brow of the culprit in your house villefort shrieked clasped his hands and looked at the doctor with a supplicating air but the latter went on without pity seek whom the crime will profit says an axiom of jurisprudence doctor cried villefort alas doctor how often has man's justice been deceived by those fatal words i know not why but i feel that this crime you acknowledge then the existence of the crime yes i see too plainly that it does exist but it seems that is intended to affect me personally i fear an attack myself after all these disasters oh man murmured d'avrigny the most selfish of all animals the most personal of all creatures who believes the earth turns the sun shines and death strikes for him alone 
an aunt cursing god from the top of a blade of grass and have those who have lost their lives lost nothing monsieur de saint meran madame de saint meran monsieur noirtier how monsieur noirtier yes think you it was the poor servant's life that was coveted no no like shakespeare's polonius he died for another it was noirtier the lemonade was intended for it is noirtier logically speaking who drank it the other drank it only by accident and although barois is dead it was noirtier whose death was wished for but why did it not kill my father i told you one evening in the garden after madame de saint meran's death because his system is accustomed to that very poison and the dose was trifling to him which would be fatal to another because no one knows not even the assassin that for the last twelve months i have given monsieur noirtier brucine for his paralytic affection while the assassin is not ignorant for he has proved that brucine is a violent poison oh have pity have pity murmured villefort wringing his hands follow the culprit's steps he first kills monsieur de saint meran oh doctor i would swear to it what i heard of his symptoms agrees too well with what i have seen in the other cases villefort ceased to contend he only groaned he first kills monsieur de saint meran repeated the doctor then madame de saint meran a double fortune to inherit villefort wiped the perspiration from his forehead listen attentively alas stammered villefort i do not lose a single word monsieur noirtier resumed monsieur d'avrigny in the same pitiless tone monsieur noirtier had once made a will against you against your family in favor of the poor in fact monsieur noirtier is spared because nothing is expected from him but he has no sooner destroyed his first will and made a second than for fear he should make a third he is struck down the will was made the day before yesterday i believe you see there has been no time lost oh mercy monsieur d'aurigny no mercy sir the physician has a sacred mission on earth and to fulfil it he begins at the source of life and goes down to the mysterious darkness of the tomb when crime has been committed and god doubtless in anger turns away his face it is for the physician to bring the culprit to justice have mercy on my child sir murmured villefort you see it is yourself who have first named her you her father have pity on valentine listen it is impossible i would as willingly accuse myself valentine whose heart is pure as a diamond or a lily no pity procureur the crime is fragrant mademoiselle herself packed all the medicines which were sent to monsieur de saint meran and monsieur de saint meran is dead mademoiselle de villefort prepared all the cooling draughts which madame de saint meran took and madame de saint meran is dead mademoiselle de villefort took from the hands of barois who was sent out the lemonade which monsieur noirtier had every morning and he escaped by a miracle 
mademoiselle de villefort is the culprit she is the poisoner to you as the king's attorney i denounce mademoiselle de villefort to your duty doctor i resist no longer i can no longer defend myself i believe you but for pity's sake spare my life my honor monsieur de villefort replied the doctor with increased vehemence there are occasions when i dispense with all foolish human circumspection if your daughter had committed only one crime and i saw her meditating another i would say warn her punish her let her pass the remainder of her life in a convent weeping and praying if she had committed two crimes i would say here monsieur de villefort is a poison that the prisoner is not acquainted with one that has no known antidote quick as thought rapid as lightning mortal as the thunderbolt give her that poison recommending her soul to god and save your honor and your life for it is yours she aims at and i can picture her approaching your pillow with her hypocritical smiles and her sweet exhortations woe to you monsieur de villefort if you do not strike first this is what i would say had she only killed two persons but she has seen three deaths has contemplated three murdered persons has knelt by three corpses to the scaffold with the poisoner to the scaffold do you talk of your honor do what i tell you and immortality awaits you villefort fell on his knees listen said he i have not the strength of mind you have or rather that which you would not have if instead of my daughter valentine your daughter madeline were concerned the doctor turned pale doctor every son of woman is born to suffer and to die i am content to suffer and to await death beware said monsieur d'avrigny it may come slowly you will see it approach after having struck your father your wife perhaps your son villefort suffocating pressed the doctor's arm listen cried he pity me help me no my daughter is not guilty if you drag us both before a tribunal i will still say no my daughter is not guilty there is no crime in my house i will not acknowledge a crime in my house for when crime enters a dwelling it is like death it does not come alone listen what does it signify to you if i am murdered are you my friend are you a man have you a heart no you are a physician well i tell you i will not drag my daughter before a tribunal and give her up to the executioner the bare idea would kill me would drive me like a madman to dig my heart out with my finger-nails and if you were mistaken doctor if it were not my daughter if i should come one day pale as a spectre and say to you assassin you have killed my child hold if that should happen although i am a christian monsieur d'avrigny i should kill myself well said the doctor after a moment's silence i will wait villefort looked at him as if he had doubted his words only continued monsieur d'avrigny with a slow and solemn tone if anyone falls ill in your house if you feel yourself attacked do not send for me for i will come no more i will consent to share this dreadful secret with you but i will not allow shame and remorse to grow and increase in my conscience 
as crime and misery will in your house then you abandon me doctor yes for i can follow you no farther and i only stop at the foot of the scaffold some further discovery will be made which will bring this dreadful tragedy to a close adieu i entreat you doctor all the horrors that disturb my thoughts make your house odious and fatal adieu sir one word one single word more doctor you go leaving me in all the horror of my situation after increasing it by what you have revealed to me but what will be reported of the sudden death of the poor old servant true said m d'avrigny we will return the doctor went out first followed by m de villefort the terrified servants were on the stairs and in the passage where the doctor would pass sir said d'avrigny to villefort so loud that all might hear poor barois has led too sedentary a life of late accustomed formerly to ride on horseback or in the carriage to the four corners of europe the monotonous walk around that armchair has killed him his blood has thickened he was stout had a short thick neck he was attacked with apoplexy and i was called in too late by the way added he in a low tone take care to throw away that cup of syrup of violets in the ashes the doctor without shaking hands with villefort without adding a word to what he had said went out amid the tears and lamentations of the whole household the same evening all villefort's servants who had assembled in the kitchen and had a long consultation came to tell madame de villefort that they wished to leave no entreaty no proposition of increased wages could induce them to remain to every argument they replied we must go for death is in this house they all left in spite of prayers and entreaties testifying their regret at leaving so good a master and mistress and especially mademoiselle valentine so good so kind and so gentle villefort looked at valentine as they said this she was in tears and strange as it was in spite of the emotions he felt at the sight of these tears he looked also at madame de villefort and it appeared to him as if a slight gloomy smile had passed over her thin lips like a meteor seen passing inauspiciously between two clouds in a stormy sky End of chapter eighty